Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel Record of John. The Gospel Record of John and John and chapter number 1. The Gospel Record of John and John and chapter number 1. We of course are in the middle of this series dealing with the Holy Scriptures and we're just taking our time just building bit by bit, giving a better understanding of the Word of God and the Holy Scriptures with the idea that we would understand this is a book given to us by God and that it is made to reveal who God is to us that we can have a better understanding of who the Lord is that we could grow closer with him that we could be with him and as we continue with this same train of thought as we've been already hitting earlier this week come if you wouldn't mind to take your Bibles and look with me to the Gospel record of John. John in chapter 1 and let's look together starting at verse 1. The Gospel record of John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And <laughs> there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of John chapter 1? The gospel record of John chapter 1, and notice with me in verse number 14. John chapter 1 and verse 14, the word was made flesh. The word was made flesh. And with the Lord's help, we want to understand a little bit more about this concept that the word was made flesh. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. Thank you for the great privilege it is to be in your house and open up your word. And Lord, this 
tonight is probably one of the most important concepts of dealing with the Word of God. I'm asking that you would help us to be understanding, that we'd be discerning, that your Spirit would work to give us discernment, to give us illumination, that we would have great understanding of how important it is to know about Jesus and that He is indeed the Word of God. Lord, fill me with your spirit for the purpose of communicating, to explaining, to presenting your word, and trusting you to do your own work. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word, and thank you for your son. Thank you for whom you are. In your name we pray. Amen. The very first thing as we try to understand this concept here is that we understand that Jesus is the word made into flesh. Jesus is the Word made into flesh. Now it's interesting that as it starts in the gospel record of John, it says, in the beginning was the Word. Now we know that the Word is speaking about Jesus Christ, but why did God choose to use the word Word to describe Jesus? Why didn't he describe Jesus as the Son of God? Isn't Jesus Christ the Son of God? Then why wouldn't he use that specific phrase to introduce who Jesus is. Now remember that the gospel record of John is written not to the Greek mind or to the Hebrew mind or the Roman mind. It's written to the world so the world would have an understanding of it. However, many in the ancient cultures would be um, trained when they saw the phrase the Son of God, it had a misleading association to many people of the ancient cultures. Let me give an example. In Jewish theology, it was used, the, the title Son of God was used uh, for their expectation, um, expect, their Messiah who they were expecting to come. And so the Jewish mind, if they had start off that this, Jesus is the Son of God, and to start off right away, it would give them a different vision. Remember, they had a false view of the Messiah. They didn't have a biblical view of the Messiah. In other cultures, let's take Greek culture. In Greek culture, the idea of a son of God was something that was found in Greek mythology quite often that the gods like Zeus or whatnot would actually come down in human form and he would mate with a a human female, and they would produce what was called the sons of God. People of renown, heroes, people who had uh, special powers. For example, Hercules of uh, mythology would be one of those beings. He was considered a son of God. And so if the Bible had started off in John chapter 1, introducing Jesus as the son of God, immediately people would have a different idea and have a false idea of who God was starting off in this book. Remember the gospel record of John is meant to present that Jesus Christ is God. So with that in mind, God chose to use the word because none of these conveyed the idea that what God wanted to get across. What was the idea that God wanted to get across? God wanted to people to know that we had a personal deity who wanted to be close to us. Not one that wanted to be far away from us. He didn't, the Holy Spirit didn't want the reader to misunderstand what was meant by the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is God 
and could be personally known. Think about Greek mythology. Hercules. Hercules was a person of renown, but he was a legend. He was someone that was always far off. He was a figment of someone's imagination. For the Jewish people, they had a misunderstanding of what the Messiah was, and so they didn't try to get personally connected. With this, we've already talked about before that the purpose of the Bible is to reveal God to man. So that way man would have a better understanding of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. So when Jesus Christ is presented as the Word, it's presented that Jesus Christ is the revelation of God to man for the purpose that we may know God personally. And so this is why it starts off, in the beginning was the Word. So it describes that Jesus Christ was the revelation of God and that in the very beginning Jesus Christ existed. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Again, the revelation, the expressed image of who Jesus Christ was is put in the idea of the Word of God. People know who know me, know I love to study the names of God. That each one of the names of God tells us something special and unique about who God is. When you study the names, they have meaning to it. And they have, that God wants us to understand it. When God has chosen to call Jesus Christ the Word, this is a very significant and important Meaning that Jesus Christ was the revelation of who God is. He revealed who God is to people so people could have an understanding and an intimate relationship of who Jesus Christ is. We're coming back to John eventually, but notice with me, if you don't mind, let me show this and prove my case. Look with me in the book of Hebrews chapter 1. The Hebrews chapter number 1. Notice, if you don't mind, in the book of Hebrews in chapter number 1. And let's see this for ourselves. Hebrews chapter 1. Notice with me in verse 1. Hebrews 1 and verse 1. God, who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who, speaking of Jesus, being the brightness of his glory. Of course, in John chapter 1, it spoke of Jesus Christ being the light. But here, it talks about Jesus Christ, the brightness of God's glory, and the expressed image of his, God's person. That Jesus Christ is the expressed image of God so that way people could understand who God is. This is how God has chosen to reveal himself to the world by his son that Jesus Christ is the living word, the living revelation of who God is. Who being in the bright image of, uh, brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Now notice this. It's speaking of Jesus Christ, that he's the brightness of God's glory. Jesus Christ is the expressed image of his person. And it is Jesus Christ who upholdeth all things by his word, the word of his power. Do you know that Jesus Christ is known by his words? We're going to tie this in here, that Jesus Christ is the word of God, the expressed image of God. And how can we know Jesus Christ? By 
His words. So we can know God by Jesus Christ and we get to know Jesus Christ by His word. Notice as it continues on, as it talks about Jesus Christ, who being in the bright image of His glory and the expressed image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He, Jesus, had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of 1 John. We were in the gospel record of John earlier. Notice with me in 1 John. <laughs> Notice again 1 John in verse, chapter number 1 and verse 1. 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, the word of life. So here the gospel, the gospel writer of John is also the gospel writer of 1 John by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he starts off the same way, that Jesus Christ is the word of life. And he says, I have seen him. I have touched him. I, my hands have handled him. And it was the word of life. The revelation of who God is. The revealing of who God is. The word of life. For the life was manifest and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you eternal life. Which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard. Declare we unto you that ye also may have have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full now notice this he says in verse number one we have seen him manifest it, the word of life. Verse number two, he's talking about it's true, the things that you saw. Jesus Christ, he was revealed to us in person. And why did Jesus come? So that way we can have fellowship with God. By the fellowship of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is the revelation of who God is. That's what it means when it talks about that Jesus Christ is the word. He is the living word. The living revelation of who God is. Now with this as we're building up a case and trying to describe the name of God, name of Jesus Christ, the word of God. He is the word. The second thing I want to bring to your attention is that the word of God is a name of Jesus. The word of God is a name of Jesus. Notice back with me in the book of John chapter 1 and notice with me in verse number 1. Notice what it said. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is a name of Jesus Christ. He is the Word. But you know, this isn't the only place where it refers to Jesus Christ as the Word. Notice with me, if you were still back in 1 John, 1 John chapter number 5. 1 John chapter number 5. 1 John chapter number 5, and notice with me in verse number 7. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now this is pretty amazing. Here is a verse that expresses the Trinity. We have the Father, 
We have the Word who is Jesus Christ. This is one of his names and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. Again, what is the name of God used in here for Jesus Christ? Clearly, it is the Word. Jesus Christ is the living Word of God, the revelation of who God is, the expressed image, so we can know who God is because of Jesus Christ. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in the book of Revelation chapter 19. The book of Revelation chapter number 19, and I would like you to see that the word of God is also a name of Christ. Let's get a good running start in Revelation 19. Notice with me in verse number 11. Revelation 19 in verse 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was, dip, was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Here it's Jesus Christ as he is coming at the end of the tribulation to rule and reign on this earth. And the name that he has, that people know he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now again, this is an important name of Christ that is signifying that Jesus Christ is the revealing, the revelation of who God is. And that because we know Christ, we can know God. Now, let's tie this to the Bible. We were talking about Jesus Christ, that he is the expressed image of God. Well, how does this tie into the Bible? Unfortunately, there are some people that want to go to fight and say, Listen, the God is, Jesus is called the Word of God. So therefore, we should never call the Bible the Word of God. They're two separate things. Are they? Well, let me see here. We know that Jesus Christ is called the Word of God with the idea that the Word of God as Jesus Christ is the revelation of who God is. What's the purpose of the Bible? To reveal who God is to us. For us to explain who it is. And how do you get to know someone? By their words. We get to know someone by their words. This is the last thing I want to show you. The word of God allows us to know Jesus. The word of God allows us to know Jesus. Turn with me to the gospel record of John once again. Turn with me to chapter number 5. <laughs> now we're going to tie this together. We're in a series of course on the word of God. And we're understanding who Jesus Christ is. That Jesus Christ is the living word of God. The living revelation of who God is. The Bible, the scriptures that we have is the written word of God. The written revelation of who God is. John chapter number 5. John chapter 5 and notice with me as Jesus is speaking in verse number 37. John chapter 5 and verse number 37. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Now, this is a true statement. How many of you have heard God speak to you? I mean, the heavens opened up and we heard his voice. Well, none of us have. None of us have heard the actual voice of God. So, how can we know the Father if we've never 
heard his voice? Well, that's a good question. Notice as it goes on, verse 38. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent him ye believe not. Now notice this. Verse number 37 talked about we've never heard God. So the question is, is how do we know him? Verse number 38, and ye have not his word abiding in you. So if you've never heard his voice, have you at least had heard his word? Well, if you haven't heard his word, how can you know God? Notice it goes on. Verse 39, search the scriptures for in them ye think that you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. So how do we get to know who Jesus Christ is? We learn about Jesus Christ through the scriptures. And Jesus Christ, when we know him, we also know God. That's how God has set it up. So we have the living word of God and we have the written word of God. We learn about the living word of God by reading the written word of God. How do we know God? By his word. Notice as it goes on, verse number 40. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you and that you have not the love of God in you. I have come to my father's name and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor of one of another and seek not the honor <coughs> that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. Now, verse number 45 is interesting. Let me pause here and just chase this cat really quick. It says, do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Now notice this. Who is speaking here? Well, if you have a red letter Bible, it's quite easy. If you don't, then you could go back and find the context. Jesus Christ is speaking. And so Jesus Christ says, says do not think that I, Jesus, will accuse you to the Father. Okay, then who is going to make accusation to the Father? There is one that accuseth you. Even Moses, whom you should trust. Now, in the context, we're going to see that when he speaks about Moses, he's actually speaking about the Bible. Do you know that what accuses people before God is not Jesus, but we're judged by his word? Why? Because it's through God's word that we know him and either accept him or reject him by what we do with this word. Now, that's an important idea. Do you know that carries the idea that how you treat this word is how you treat God? That if you look at this word and reject it, you also reject God. If you listen to this word and obey it just as if Jesus was speaking to you, then you are also doing what it's intended to do. Because this carries the same authority as if Jesus Christ was speaking to us directly. That's how much weight that God puts on this word. Because how we get to know God is by his word. Notice as it goes on verse 46. For if ye believed Moses, ye would have believed in me, for he wrote of me. So in the Old Testament, we could see that Jesus Christ is written in the Bible. We can see Jesus Christ. We can learn of him through his scripture. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Because they're one and the same. This is 
the Bible says in verse 39, search the scriptures for in them you think that you have eternal life and they, the scriptures, are they which testify of me. How do we learn about Jesus Christ? Through his word. And Jesus Christ is is the way that we get to know God. That Jesus Christ, his name is the word of God and it ties into the written word of God. Now this is important that we get to know Jesus through the Bible. Let's just think about this. If you wanted to be friends with someone and you wanted to get to know about that person and you say, I know that person, but you don't listen to what they say. Do you know that person? Not at all. How many people say, I know God. Well, have you been in your Bible? No, I don't have to be in my Bible to know God. Then what other way can you know him? This is how God has chosen to reveal himself. And if we won't listen to his words, we will not listen to God. That's what Jesus just said in verse number 47. You cannot want the word of Jesus without wanting the word of God through the scriptures. If you want to know Jesus, you get to know him through his word. This is important. Notice as we go on to John chapter 14 and see what Jesus says to his disciples. John chapter 14, and notice with me in verse number 20. John chapter 14 and verse number 20. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father. And ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. Now notice this. Jesus Christ connects this. We start with the scriptures. And if you love the scriptures, you love God. Christ. If you love Christ, then you love God. And then God loves you and goes back. This is how we love each other. Now, we understand this, that love produces action. For example, I use my wife as an illustration quite a bit on Sunday. Let's do it again. I can look at my wife and say, honey, I love you. And let me tell you, I love you and I adore you. And I want nothing else to do but just to adore you. And so what I do all day is I just stare at her. And I just kind of just look at her. And she gets up from the table and goes to the kitchen. And I just follow her and just adore her. And then when she's sleeping, I just kind of just stare at her over where, you know. <laughs> and then it comes time where I have to go to work. No, no, no. I don't need to go work. I'm just going to adore you. That's all I, I just want to adore you. Well, if I don't ever go to work and just stare at her all the time, do I really love her? Yeah. No. Because I love her, it will produce action. Because I love her, there are things I'm going to go to work so that way we could provide. Because I love her, I'm going to go take care of some things that need to be done because I love her. Well, this is what Jesus Christ is putting here. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Words are cheap. Anyone can say the words, I love you. How do you know someone loves you? By obeying the word, by heeding the word, by listening to what they say. All of us have had relationships where someone said, I'm your friend, I love you, whatever else. And then when you talk, they're checked out and they're somewhere else. Do they really love you if they won't listen to you? Not at all. If they love you and love everything about you, not just the concept of you, they'll be interested in what you say. 
Let me give an example. Back in my day, we didn't have cool things of texting and whatnot. We did have email, but we also wrote personal letters. My wife and I wrote personal letters to Western Recording. Now let's say that I'm a young man and I got my beautiful uh, bride-to-be and we're going to get married one day and she writes me a letter. And she writes me a letter and I take the letter and I smell it. Oh, it smells like her. It's good. Oh, you know what? I just want to be with her. And so I take the letter and I tuck it underneath my, my pillow. And then at night I just take the letter and I just cuddle with it. And then when we talk, she goes, did you read my letter? No, I didn't have to read your letter. I just, I just wanted to be close to you. And so to be close to you, I took the letter and I snuggled up next to it. Well, is she going to feel loved? No. Why does she write the letter? Because she wanted me to read it. That was important to her. You know, if I love her, when I get that letter, I can't wait to read it. The first opportunity I get, even if I have to make an opportunity, open that letter up and just read it. And then I just don't toss it away. I'll probably read it again. And I learn about her, when, especially in that courtship phase, when I'm learning about her. The only way that I can learn about him, we were separated by distance. We had two and a half hours uh, between us. We limited so one phone call a week. I'm strange, but that's what we did. And I could only visit her once a month when our courtship. So we weren't around each other all the time. We didn't talk to midnight every night. We didn't texting. We did that for the purpose of um, <laughs> letting emotions, that's a different story. So when we would get the letters from each other, they were important because this is how I got to learn about her. I learned about what she liked. I learned about what she didn't like. I would learn things about the things that she said or didn't say or how she said it or how she would talk about. I would learn so much about her by her letters, by her words to me. And it was important I wouldn't just take the letter and say, wow, I got something from her. i just satisfied with just having it close. Well, the same thing is true that Jesus Christ has written us 66 love letters. And if we care about him and we love him, we want to get to know him. And the way that we get to know him is by reading what he wrote to us. That we can learn more about him. What did he say? What is he like? What is he not like? What is he... You know, there are certain things that if my wife tells me that she hates, she absolutely hates cheesecake. And then I say, guess what? I'm going to give you cheesecake. Well, is she going to feel like I care about her if she's told me over and over? Now, it's one thing if she never said anything and made me guess. But if she's told me it over and over, I just absolutely can't stand. She loves cheesecake, by the way. I am just chose something at random. But if she said, I absolutely hate cheesecake. I can't stand it. But then I bring it to her anyways. Did I pay attention to what she was telling me? Not at all. That's what we learn. We learn more about who Christ is. We learn what he likes, what he doesn't like. We learn about his personality traits. We learn his sense of humor. Do you know Jesus has a sense of humor? Talks about God laughing in the Bible. What does he laugh about? What does he say about laughter? What does he say about smiling? Do you know that God has emotions? What makes him happy? What makes him sad? What breaks his heart? Those are important things. If I know that there's something that bothers my wife, unless I'm a mean husband, I don't do that to bother her all the time. Just some of the time. You find out different things. That's what God has given to us by his word. 
is that we learn more about him. It's how he has chosen to reveal himself to us. That you cannot want Jesus the word without also wanting the word of the scriptures. They go hand in hand. For someone says, I love Jesus and never reads their Bible. It is not consistent. In order to love Jesus, you must also love his words. John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and notice with me in verse 20. John 14 and verse 20. And at that day ye shall know that I am my father and ye in me and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest, appear, make clear myself to him. How do we learn about Christ? So if I love God's word, does that mean that one day in the middle of the night, a 10 foot Jesus is going to show up over my bed? No, it means that as I study my word, I'm going to learn more about him. I'm going to fill in the holes. I'm going to get a better picture of who Christ is by his words. Verse number 22. Judas, not Iscariot. <laughs> Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot. Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself to us and not into the world? That's a good question. That's what we just asked. How is it that you're going to manifest? How are you going to appear to us and not to everyone else? Verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our abode in him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. Again, Jesus Christ is the word of God. The purpose of the word of God is to reveal God to man. To reveal who God is. Jesus Christ, his name is the word of God. But we also understand that the word of God allows us to know Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ ties in our love to the scriptures equivalent to the love of the Father. So again, someone can say, I love Jesus. But how can you measure that? How can you prove that statement? By if they love God's word. So let me ask you a pointed question. Do you love Jesus? How do I know how much I love Jesus? Do you love his word? Is the word of God something that's laborious to you? Then let me tell you, you don't have a strong love of Jesus. Is the word of God something that you have to just endure? Well, I just have to check it off. Or because of your love of Christ, I can't wait to read in the Bible. I want to see what else he's going to show me. I can't wait till he shows me the new mystery, the new thing I've never seen before. I can't wait to read it and find something. I want to learn something more about who Jesus Christ is. When you're there, you also are in love with Christ. Words are cheap. Actions is what speaks loudly. You cannot separate the knowledge of God from the knowledge of the Bible. You cannot separate the love of God from the love of the Bible. They go hand in hand. This is the only way we know about Christ. And Christ is the only way that we know about God. 
This is the purpose of the Bible. So let me ask you again. How much do you love your Bible? You know, I understand that our flesh gets in the way. I understand that things get in the way. And that the Bible can get tiresome. It can get boring. It can get dry. Let me tell you, it's because we're looking at other things other than God. Fall back in love with God and you'll fall back in love with your Bible. If you're at a place where you said the Bible is just not exciting to me anymore. The Bible's not alive. Let me tell you, I encourage you to come down to an old-fashioned altar and ask God to fall in love with Him and also fall in love with your Bible. If you're not at the place where you're excited about your Bible reading, let me tell you that our love for Christ has waned some. We need to get back in love with him. We need to get back to the place where we said, I can't wait to learn more about my Jesus because I love him so much. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.